Who are you, Tosh, if you don't have those titles? Who are you if you don't get to speak in front of people? Who are you if you don't have someone saying, girl, that was a word, right? You really spoke today. Who are you if you don't have any of those things? If you're sitting in a church and nobody knows who you are and you don't have a title, who are you? Can you still serve me? You still have a relationship with me? Where are you? Who are you? Where are you? We love knowing and keeping secrets. It makes us feel loved. It makes us feel important. It makes us feel valued. But that is the best kept secret. We are loved by the creator of the universe. This season, we are coming together with some of the most beautiful queens that you will ever meet to unpack productivity tips from the Bible. If it's the glory of God to conceal a matter and the glory of kings to search it out, then queen, we've got some work to do. Let's get to it. Hey y'all, it's me Liv and I can't thank you enough for subscribing to the podcast. It is my hope that these conversations are helping you to prioritize the meaningful over the millions of things this world tells us we should be doing. After all, that's truly the secret to productivity. And the Bible has a lot to say about it. I am all here for the self-help books. I am all here for the business coaches. I absolutely appreciate them and the value that they provide in our lives. But we would be remiss if we overlooked the Bible as the source to help us become more productive day in and day out. Now, this conversation is building on season two and even season one, where we really talked about the fruit of the spirit and how God's fruit truly does transform our character for his glory. Without those seeds, without those necessities, we really do lose out on the value that this conversation can bring and enhance. So it's my prayer that you go on and listen to season two and season one as well. I absolutely believe that you'll be blessed and you can catch all of those either on YouTube as well as on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Today, we are going to be talking about leadership, and I am joined by an incredible leadership coach who has a ton to share with us. But before we do that, I wanted to encourage you with the scripture that has been speaking to me about leadership. We absolutely cannot talk about productivity without talking about the Proverbs 31 woman. Y'all know this is true. And regardless of how you feel about her, because I know that people, both men and women, have a variety of feelings about her. We have to talk about her. Sis was goals, okay? 
She was literally goals. King Lemuel's mother was telling him about the type of wife that he should strive to find. And we don't exactly know who King Lemuel was. It could have been a pseudonym for King Samuel. It does mean devoted to God. And so many scholars think that it absolutely was King Solomon and Lemuel was a nickname that his mom used for him. But other scholars believe that he could have been a pagan king, since there are no records of him within the scriptures and within Jewish history. And he simply could have had a Jewish mother who was instructing him about the type of wife that she wanted him to find. Sis is goals. Okay. <laughs> and I am just so excited to unpack a little bit of this because I know that we've studied Proverbs 31 quite a lot and it's nothing new to us. In fact, in recent years, there has been a lot of conversation around her. So I don't want to make this really laborious, but I did want to pull out something that I noticed about her, which I thought would really enrich our conversation. You see, in verse 13, it starts by saying, she finds wool and flax and busily spends it. She is like a merchant's ship bringing her food from afar. She gets up before the dawn to prepare breakfast for her household and plan the day's work for her servant girl. Now, this is a great section of scripture to look at, to talk about delegation as well. But I wanted to, to bring it into the conversation on leadership because I'm stricken by the fact that sis is not reclining, laid back, ordering others around. She is proactive and she leads her household by example. We can all get caught up in the fact that she had multiple businesses. We can all get caught up in the fact that she had servants. We can all get caught up in the fact that she had a lot of money at her disposal and that she was a luxurious, extravagant woman who her husband and her children blessed. And those are important pieces to this conversation. However, I don't want us to become so mesmerized by how many things that she did well and how many people she had at her beck and call that we miss the fact that she led by example, that she got up, that she went to work first and that she never required anyone to do anything that she hadn't already done herself. As we begin this conversation about how to lead from the inside out, it's my hope that we begin to really reflect on those areas that we could grow a little stronger in, those areas that we put off, those areas that we expect others to fulfill, those areas that we could truly show up a little more differently. I want to introduce you to my guest. Latasha Ferguson is a speaker, writer, and podcaster, as well as a coach. She is passionate about empowering others to do the hard work so that they can live and lead from the inside out. She is also a passionate educator who has spent the past 17 years serving in the roles of teacher, assistant principal, principal, and now director of instruction. 
wife to her best friend and mom to four beautiful girls, Latasha loves to run, read, spend time at the beach and travel in search of good food that hugs her belly. Mm, my girl. <laughs> you can follow Latasha on Instagram at Latasha M. Ferguson. And all of that information will be included in the show notes below. So without further ado, let's go on and get into this conversation. Latasha, how are you? So well, Liv. Happy New Year to you and to all of you out there listening. I'm so glad to be here with you today. Yes, yes. Happy New Year. I know God is just going to do some amazing things. So I can't wait for everyone to get connected to you. I absolutely Aww. adore your podcast. I have been a subscriber. Thank you. For, I don't even know when I became a subscriber. <laughs> well, before I think we were actually connected on Instagram and Facebook and all the things. But yes, yes. I cannot wait to see what God does with your podcast, with your coaching and everything. Amen this year. My first question for you as a leadership coach and a podcaster and all the things is when did you first realize you were a leader? Oh my goodness. So I've been asked this before (laughs) for me, you know, some people, they know automatically they're like, I'm supposed to lead. I'm, you know, and for me, I think I ran from it for a, a little while. Looking back now, I can see, I think I was listening to a message by T.D. Jakes where he talks about breadcrumbs in your past of little things that kind of cue you in a little bit. So growing up, I was the youngest child. So I was, I was a little bossy, I guess you'd say. Some leadership skills hidden, I guess, is what. So for parents out there who have that one child, it's just some leadership skills, talents. I wasn't afraid to speak in front of folks and to really be involved in teams growing up and involved in clubs. And so little things like that, but still I didn't really see myself as when I grow up, I want to lead people and I want to do all these things. I just didn't see it. And I remember becoming a teacher and one of my administrators said to me, I think I was maybe about five years into teaching or six years. And he said, um, Mr. Bernie, he was like, you need to get your degree in educational leadership. And I said, oh, no, 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 no. I feel like when I become a leader, I'm not going to be impacting students. And his perspective really flipped my whole mindset. Um, It was a paradigm shift for me. And he said, you know, Latasha, you have about 120 students that you are working with right now, and you're doing an excellent job. You're impacting them. And it was God using Mr. Bernie at the time. I see him as my mentor now, really try to nudge and shift my perspective and say, it's still serving, right? But you're serving at a greater impact. I was still hesitant, dealt with a lot of imposter syndrome, still do. But I knew that's where, you know how it is, Liv, God won't leave you alone. And so, because he loves us. (laughs) Because he loves us. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) So true. true. He he bothers us. You know, it's like that mosquito in your ear all night long when you're trying to sleep and it's humming and buzzing. And so he bothers us and plants seeds and bothers us. And so, you know, that's what God continued to do. So that, that really kicked off my leadership path. 
That is amazing. And, you know, as a teacher myself, I have so much gratitude for administrators that have a heart for the children because it comes through in everything that they do. And it just improves the morale of the school and the culture. So I am so appreciative that you chose to step into the leadership that God has called you to because, woo. It is so necessary, especially now. Now, you mentioned that you ran from your leadership and your call Mm -hmm. to leadership for a Mm -hmm. while. So I wanted to ask, what kind of challenges did you go through that really led you to question your ability to lead? Wow. So I think it's uh, several things. I mean, one is not knowing who I was, you know, I was still, I was young. I started teaching when I was around 21 years old. Um, and you know, in your twenties, you think, you know, a lot of things, you don't know a lot of things looking back now, you realize like, I didn't know much of anything. So it was that whole self-discovery, you know, just what God had placed inside of me. And then because of what I have been through, that, that, that nagging feeling of, um, unworthiness of like, why would God choose me? So for that was that for me, that was a huge challenge, a huge barrier to get over about, you know, I believe it's in Romans eight, where, you know, it says that God, you know, he calls, he qualifies, he justifies. Right. So for me, I really had to take that scripture and let it become a part of me and not say, okay, it's not me. He's the one who has the ability to um, qualify us to for divine favor, even if a person doesn't like us, even if people don't want us at the table, God's favor will make space for us at that table. And so for me, it was really getting over myself. That was the biggest challenge, right? Like, Tosh, this is not about you. Like you said earlier, Liv, about, you know, God wants us to be, I know a lot of times when we talk about ministry, the first thing we think as women sometimes, or just as Christians, is that it needs to be behind a pulpit. It's got to be in a church you're going to be assistant pastor so-and-so or pastor so-and-so or which all of those are noble and honorable titles and offices to hold. But there's a big whole world out there. Lots of people who will never step their foot in a church, right? Um, And so we are the church. And so God has to place us in a place where we can be that light, like you said, um, and that people can see God in us because they're not going to come to church to see God, right? So for me, it was getting over myself. It's not about you, Tosh. It's not about what you think you're qualified and unqualified or uh, this person does something better or why me, Lord? I don't want to have to go through this. You know, all the whining we do. I know I do. And so just really getting getting out of the way and saying, okay, Lord, whatever you want to do, you do it through me and in me. Because if I have all the abilities and qualities and qualifications, God gets no glory out of it. It, it brings him no glory, right? It brings no glory back to his kingdom, back to him. It doesn't point people back to him. It really just points people back to me. And so I believe a lot of times, most times, God will call us into places that on purpose, that are beyond what we believe we can do, uh, beyond what we feel like we have uh, the qualifications for, the talents, the gifts, I mean, whatever you name it, uh, experience. He purposely calls people who are not, qualified because he wants to be glorified who feel unqualified but they are qualified in him um, he wants the glory out of that right 
he, he's going to make his own name great. So that for me was the biggest challenge was just Tosh, get over yourself. Stop making excuses. Get out of the way um, and let God do what he wants to do in you. Ah, my goodness. You just brought a whole word. I hope all of y'all caught that. Go back, <laughs> rewind it, listen as often as you need because there were so many gems. I mean, whew, you said that you had to get over yourself. And I just thought that was incredibly powerful because God does want to use us. He wants yes. to partner with us in this earth. Yes. And we get so tripped up on all the things that we don't have that we forget what he does have. So mm-hmm. that is absolutely powerful, sis. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you're walking through, but Latasha just brought a word. And that word is that <laughs> God is making room for you. So absolutely. Mm-hmm. 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 Absolutely. I've learned and I'm learning that if a certain something really makes like my armpit sweat and I feel like, oh, I don't know if I can do this. That's probably where God wants me. And he wants me to stretch out into so that I can, you know, extend and lengthen my faith roots and really get to know him more and really lean into him. And that's I mean, let's just be honest. We can be really religious and churchy about it and say we have faith all the time and we believe God all the time, but we never get afraid. But we do. When we have, we're asked to do something, nudged to do something that we've never done before, that we know it's going to take all of God and maybe a little bit of our talent and 90% of him, it makes us nervous, right? It makes us afraid. And I think that that really, uh, for me, I got into a season of just trying to shrink myself and make myself small. Even when I came into certain rooms or places where there were other people that I felt were so great and were this and that and trying to shrink myself. And we serve a, a gigantic God, a huge God, right? And no part of shrinking is in his name or his character. So powerful. Ah, don't shrink back. Stop mm-hmm. playing small. It's time out for that. You're not glorifying yes. God when you do mm-hmm. that. No. Oh. Our conversation will be back in just a moment. But for now, I'd like to invite you to get connected to The Heart. The email newsletter that I send out in partnership with the Colorfully Candid Paradigm. It's through the heart that we get to share some of our favorite ministry partners who are impacting the world in new ways through the books they're writing and the events they're hosting. It's my hope that you will also get connected because it's there that you'll find exclusive invitations like the one to the live recording of The Best Kept Secret. The link is below. Let's get back into our conversation. I was recently listening to a new book by Natalie Frank, who is the leader of the Rising Tide Society, which cultivated the term um, community over competition. And in that, she made this one little statement that caught my attention. And she said, we are so busy trying to be the best that we Mm. forget to be our best. And it was so simple, but it really, really spoke to me because Mm -hmm. in the middle of trying to qualify ourselves, 
when we don't feel that we are worthy enough for the call that God is leading us to accept, we can get caught up in all the things that make us the best instead of focusing on our best. So how have you learned to lead yourself first? I know that you are a strong advocate of living and leading from the inside out. Mm -hmm. So how have you really learned how to lead yourself first and apply that and allow that to just overflow into everything else? Wow. So, oh, I love that. I wrote that down. Um, I'm an avid reader, so I'll be reading that. Uh, You know, it's it really is one, I think going back to what you said about feelings of unworthiness and feeling like they're not qualified and all of that. I think for me, I really just had to make peace and settle with the truth that outside of God, I'm nothing, right? Like the Bible says, our righteousness has filthy rags. And it just, there's nothing that we can do inside of ourselves, want to earn God's love, to be good enough, to do all those things without God, right? So when we're doing that outside of God and trying to operate and be all these things, that's where we feel the striving, the hustling, the, you know, just working and burning ourselves out to a crisp, which I've been there several times. And then at the end of the day, you're operating from an empty cup and you still have those nagging feelings of unworthiness. And so for me, I've had to tell myself, Tosh, first of all, if you don't have God on the inside of you and you're not operating by his Holy Spirit leading, guiding you into what you are trying to do or what he's called you in to do, then you're always going to have those feelings of trying to be something, trying to make things happen on your own instead of operating out of his power, operating out of his spirit. Because the word says that in our weakness, he is made strong, right? So if we're strong all the time and we know all the things all the time, again, it doesn't bring glory back to him and he cannot operate as he wants to on the inside of us. And so for me, I had to settle with, hey, Tosh, you doing all this striving, trying to make yourself better outside of God, trying to get up in a lot of these uh, cultural sayings and slogans um, that, you know, are popular, are trendy, but they're really not, they're really against the word of God, right? Uh, because outside of God, we are not great, right? In God, though, we can, isn't that what the word says? In God, we can do all things, right? Yes. And so that, that was one. The other part is, you know, I came to a place in my career and in my career in my life where I, I realized almost losing my marriage, I was all over the place as a parent. This is probably about four or five years back. And I came to a place where I was climbing the ladder, doing all these things. And I remember just having a real conversation with my husband about, hey, you know, you're doing all these things. You're preaching, you're an associate pastor, you know, you're assistant principal, you know, everyone thinks you're so great. You're doing this, you're doing that, you're speaking. Uh, But my home life was a hot mess, if I can be completely honest. It was a mess, right? So we'd go to church, girl, with the rug and then come home and we would be arguing and carrying on it would be really really just awful kids got a terrible example of what leading yourself well was supposed to look like and so it came a crossroads where um you know I was working long hours and I could just feel the strain my husband and I were like strangers in the night passing by each other 
And I could really feel that if a change was not going to happen, if a change didn't happen, a drastic change, then I was going to lose my marriage and definitely, I mean, it was guaranteed, right? And so then the thought is, so I did all this for what, right? I did all of this, all of this was for what? And so for me, the realization too, coming and really reflecting on the fact that God would never ask us to sacrifice our family. He would never ask us to sacrifice our health. He would never ask us to sacrifice the community he's put us in, the things that I so easily take for granted. I don't know about you and others, but we, especially those of us who are women, who are driven, maybe even at times overachieve a little, we'll put blinders on. And those things, because, you know, they're here and where are they going? They're not going anywhere. We kind of look past those things and we're driven and we just kind of go forward and, but things get hurt along the way. And so for me at that point, I had to make a decision in my career. I had to make a decision um, in what I was doing. And so, you know, in the church and leading there and really just come to grips that I was not leading myself well, which meant I was not leading in my family well. Um, I was not partnering with my husband, partnering with God. It was just really a mess. Public success, private failure is what they call it. And so if people could have seen what was going on in my house, they would have been like, girl, why, why are you up here speaking like that? Whoa, you need to step back and take care of that first. And so that's what I did for the past four or five years. You know, I made a, a, a drastic shift in my career, which ended up going in a direction I never thought of before. But I said, Lord, I don't want to lose my marriage. I don't want to be in a place where everyone thinks that I'm all this and all that and everything else is really not what it supposed to be. And so um, started praying about what God wanted me to do and where he wanted to lead me and not just how I ambitiously wanted to check off goals and do all the things, right? And what was motivating me to live was a, um, a, a fuel that should not have been motivating me, which was just proving, trying to prove myself, right? Prove that I was not my past, prove that I was not some statistic single mom, that I was going to be successful, that I was going to do all these things, right? And so having to prove myself and feeling I need to prove myself was really the fuel all along and blinded me. Um, so made some career shifts and then still stayed in education, but, you know, started working from home, which I never saw myself doing that. And so through that process, and then after I did that, I resigned from my position as an associate pastor that I had been Oh, serving in for almost like eight, nine years, a long time, almost 10 years and went from working face forward in a school, preaching and teaching at a church twice a week and all of that to none of that and being at home. And I literally didn't know who I was. I mean, I went through an identity crisis where I was like, you know, and I figured out the speaking and the pats on the back and all of that, the titles be became my identity. And I said I was doing things in the name of God, but really I was doing it for myself. And so for the last, oh yeah, four or five years, it's been a peeling back that God has been doing a, like an onion, just peeling back, peeling back. Who are you, Tosh, if you don't have those titles? Who are you if you don't get to speak in front of people? Who are you if you don't have someone saying, girl, that was a word, Right. You really spoke today. Who are you? If you don't have any of those things, if you're sitting in a church and nobody knows who you are and you don't have a title, who are you? Can you still serve me? Will you still have a relationship with me? 
where are you? Who are you? Where are you? And so I had to go through this just process of what does it look like to not just lead others well, but lead myself, lead myself. And I really just had this come to Jesus moment live where I said, you know, God, if I was to go to glory today and into eternity and stand before you, would you even care all the things that I did outside of my home? Would it, would it, would that even matter? Or would you say, Hey, I gave you these gifts, your husband, your kids, these people who are right, right, right here that you need to disciple. And you did not do what I wanted you to do with those gifts. And so that was a, a huge wake up call, a, another huge shift in my life. And so from then it's been for me being on a mission with what I do at my job now with coaching leaders and then, you know, through my podcast and then other leaders that I talk to or just, you know, cause we lead no matter whether you have a title or not, you lead in your house with your mom, your leader, right? If you are the PTA on the PTA board, you're a leader whatever you're leading, right? Somebody's watching you. And so you're leading. And so, you know, how can we continue to live authentically and out of that place where it's just not for other people, but really when God sees our heart, he knows that we're leading from that place of authenticity. Um, and so for me, it's, it's a lot of time to myself, which I did not like that a long time because I'd had to be with my thoughts. <laughs> I had to be with myself, therapy, lots of therapy, <laughs> Ooh, lots of therapy, course prayer, um, and a community that would tell me about myself when I needed it. And so <laughs> all of those things, right, to set me straight and say like, you know, girl, you're not really being authentic in that, right? Like you're saying this, but that's not really who you are. And so all of those things over the last few years, and I'm, it's still a work in progress, Live right? It's not something where I just achieved and I reached it and I'm like, oh yes, here I am leading myself well every day. I still fall <laughs> and I still have moments where I'm like, oh God, okay, God, shake yourself and get back on track. But that's my goal now. I want the Lord, when I see God, I want him to say, well done. Not because I have 50,000 followers, which there's nothing wrong with that, right? Not because I have, you know, 20,000 subscribers, but because I have done what he's wanted me to do with the gifts that he's given me within me, around me. Um, and I've been responsible with leading myself well and connecting with him um, and nurturing that relationship with him. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much for your transparency. I absolutely believe that we need this teaching and this transparency in this day. You know, there are a variety of reasons that marriages don't work out today. And we are not here to assess whether or not they should have or could have or any of that, you know. But one of the things that I do believe that we as a culture could benefit is learning how as women to prioritize our homes. And that's one of the reasons the Proverbs 31 woman does encourage me. Well, before she looked outside of her home, she took care of the home and she motivates me every single day because I have struggled with this in the past. I was a youth pastor for about five years. I had to step down because 
God showed me how imbalanced I was and how that which I was doing outside of the home was not blessing my home as the Proverbs 31 woman's work does for her home. In fact, it was in direct competition with my home. And we need to know, sis, that our family is our first ministry and I am not an expert at this, but I do know that we need more training and teaching on this subject because we can be incredibly prideful as women in this society today. And it's something that needs to be checked. Now, what I love about the unction and the instruction of the Holy Spirit is that he does tell us when it's time to rest and when it's time to war. And even though I was incredibly certain that it was time for me to step down from pastoring, other people in my life weren't quite as sure. It didn't matter though, because God had spoken to me and he had given me a reason to believe his word beyond a shadow of a doubt or what anyone else thought. However, when it came time for me to write, I have to tell you that all hell broke out. And that happened in a variety of spaces. And as I began to seek the Lord and wonder if it was time for me to rest, he told me it was time for me to war. And so you need to know the difference. And it's the Holy Spirit alone that helps us to discern that difference. But either way, our ultimate goal is to see our family blessed. And we may cover this at a later date, but I want you to know, regardless of where you are in your marriage, whether it is over, whether you are in the middle of fighting to hold it together, or it is all glorious. We are here for you. We'd love to just talk with you, pray with you, or whatever else you might need. So feel free to contact Latasha or myself in our direct messages if you'd like to, because we love you. Sis, recognize when it's time to rest and when it's time to war. Mm. You are breathing. You're listening to this. So that means you're breathing, sis, right? You're breathing. You're living. There is purpose on the inside of you, right? So our purpose um, never changes. Our purpose is the same, meaning that God calls us to compel men and women, right? To come out of the highways and the hedges, to come and be a part of the kingdom of God, to, you know, to be saved and all of that. So all of us have a similar purpose in that way. How that evolves out of each of us, that assignment is the one that changes. And I think the assignment, if we understand that our purpose is to bring women and women, men and women to God, to be that light, right? In those areas that you were talking about, Liv, whatever God has placed you in, whatever he has told you to do, wherever he's told you to go, one, he's already prepared the way. Two, there is a reason. There's people who are going to be crossing your path. There are people coming across your path that need to see his light in you as you're selling your earrings, sis, as you're selling your shirts, as you're writing that book and somebody else is going to read it, it's about everyone else and it's not about us. So when we refuse and we shrink back and we say, well, let somebody else do it. I'll just cheer, live on. I'll just cheer so-and-so on. Uh, you know, I'm just a cheerleader, right? And, and we hide behind that 
and we don't do what God has called us to do, someone is missing out on your story. Somebody's missing out on your talent. The world is missing out on your gift, right? So our gift is not for us. It's for everyone else. And though it might be clunky at first, doing what God has called us to do, right? Like I starting my podcast was very clunky. It was clunky. Um, and I know if I go back and listen to my first few episodes, I'll be like, cringe. Um, so <laughs> me too. Right? We got to put it out there, right? We got to put it out there. And we only get better when we get our reps in, right? We only get better when we get our reps in. So a lot of times we don't want to come out unless we're on the top, right? Start where you are right now and allow God to evolve it along the way. Will you always be where you are right now? No, but you got to start somewhere and then allow God to evolve you. But you got to start, right? So if you a very, 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 very practical tip is get a notebook and start journaling, right? At pray and ask God, what are the things that you have covered up along in the years? Just step out and start and get people around you that are going to support you. That's huge. So if you're currently the smartest one in your group, that's a whole other message, Liv. I'm not even going to go. If you're the, if you're the smartest a new group. one in your group. <laughs> You need to pray for a mentor. You need to pray for communities. You need to pray, you know, I'll plug and trusted women in here. You need to pray for communities and groups and people to be around that are going to cheerlead you and not always pull you down when you come up with an idea. So I can go on and on about that. Main thing is just, just do it. No more excuses, right? Just do it and be okay being clunky and cringy and bad at it at first just keep doing, keep doing yes it. yes get those reps in get those yes. reps absolutely. absolutely i will go on and link interested women down below it is an absolutely beautiful community that will bless your whole life i just love seeing how the women in there are just glorifying god in the yes that he's led them to make so absolutely Kia, we thank you for just yes, creating that space we thank you all right on to the quick <laughs> questions that Yay! i have for you i'm so curious about your response Yay. in, in okay. our conversations i'm like we have so much in common yes <laughs> i know I'm ready. Where is the first place you're going on a day off? Oh, okay. So I'm going to try to make this. Where's the first place I'm going on a day off? Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, I love the beach. I love the beach. I love the beach. And I love that I'm like 50-ish minutes away from it. Um, and so I will go with folks. I'll go without a good book and a chair and that water. That's where I'm going. Yeah. Whew, I'm yes. in the desert. I can only dream, <laughs> but I am living vicariously through you right now. That's fine. <laughs> what are some things you surround yourself with to remind you to slow down? Oh, okay. So my seven-year-old, she's a great reminder. <laughs> She's always like, put your phone down. No, you don't need to do that. No, you need to do that. So she is my like, you know, reminder. I think God purposely (laughs) uh, set her around me to remind me. My husband as well. He's very much opposite of me. I mean, he is a professional napper. 
so he can take like those, you know, sitting up 15 minute naps. You know, God has placed me with him. So between him and my seven-year-old that are very much just like, let's just chill. Oh my goodness, your daughter. And then you had yeah. me over here laughing when you said that your <laughs> husband is a professional napper. I'm going to have to yes. uh, quote that because <laughs> mine is as well. Something about writing a book. They sleep. They can. They can. Sleep. They can. <laughs> what is one app or productivity tool you mm. feel like you can live without? Oh, okay. So as a, oh, can I give two? Mm-hmm. Um, so as a podcaster, I love Descript. So I cannot, I can't podcast unless I have Descript. So I know there are those who are professional like GarageBand and Audacity and all those things, but I love D. De- I cannot live without Descript um, or my podcasting days will be over. Um, you might be over- convincing me. <laughs> <laughs> It's so worth it. And then the other one is, well, another free one. I, I love Asana. So I like um, uh, tools where I can put everything in one place. The uh, learning curve is kind of steep. But once you learn, you know, the boards, the calendar and all that stuff like that, I like putting everything into that, using it. And then I know you said one, but I in Canva. So those are three. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Canva for sure. I've I've not used Asana. Descript is on the list, and it's it's working its way up in priority. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you'll be hooked. You'll be hooked. So let me know. I definitely will. I definitely will. Well, thank you so very much for your time today. We have been blessed. This time was just. Uh, so full and so rich. And I just, I cannot thank you enough. So y'all, I'm going to make sure that I put all of the links for you to get connected to Latasha in the show notes. Please go listen to Overcome to become her podcast, become a subscriber and just follow along with everything that God is doing with her. Because I have a feeling that we haven't even (laughs) seen the beginning. Would you pray for us as we prepare? I will. I will. God, we thank you for this time together. We thank you for Live God and, and the awesome work that you're doing through and in her and how many lives this podcast is going to touch, God. Eyes haven't seen, ears haven't heard what you're about to do in her life, God. And for the women that are listening, those who are listening to this podcast, God, those who have uh, just a, a seed planted within their hearts, within their bellies, God, to do what you have called them to do. I speak to them right now, God. And I pray right now that your Holy Spirit would, would rekindle that fire on the inside of them, God, to be who you have called them to be, regardless of what their past is, regardless of what they have right now or the things they don't have right now. God, remind them that you qualify them. You call them. You justify them. And there's nothing that the enemy can say or do or people can do to stop that. And so, God, we thank you for those who are going to be, their minds can be shifted and changed in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. 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 I am so excited about what God is doing in your life. And I would be honored to hear which part of this show resonated with your heart. Make sure that you take a screenshot of this podcast and tag me at CandidLive on Instagram. It would be so nice to connect with you and even feature you right here on the show. Until then, know that I am praying for you. I know that you're praying for me too. Love you.